0: What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brendan and Damo back on the show, and it is Thursday the 9th. We had the trade deadline today, and we're going to go over all the things that happened with all the other teams, what the, the Wizards chose not to do, even though they didn't make any moves, what they did exactly, and sort of what it means for not only the rest of this season, but going forward. But... Before we get too much into the Wizard stuff, I figured we would kind of recap some things that happened around the league. And all this madness really started when Kyrie Irving was traded to Dallas for a first-round pick. I think it was two second-round picks. Story and Finney Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie, I think, was the package. So when that initial trade happened, that kind of – I think in a way set everything up that happened today. What was your initial reaction to that and what it meant for not only just the Brooklyn Nets, but for the Eastern conference?
1: My, my first reaction was laughing my ass off. Cause Mr. Winning basketball is on the move yet again. That was my initial reaction. And then it was just like, like, Whoa, like, uh, Okay, so Kyrie's gone. So, what is KD gonna do? Because um, that's obviously his homeboy. That was the whole reason he went to Brooklyn in the first place. So it's like, all right, well, that's one domino. Then, what's KD gonna do? Because if KD is moving, that's changing the whole dynamic of the league. And then, lo and behold, he, you know, he gets moved. But I, I thought it was interesting. I think it was Brian Windhorse who said it like th- the the trade request from Kyrie and KD came at, you know, separate times. And it was like, had they had known that they were going to end up moving KD, they would have took the, the Lakers deal to send Kyrie to, to the Lakers because the Lakers were willing to give up both of those 27 and 29 picks unprotected, which would have looked a lot better than just getting Dinwiddie and, you know, uh, Dorian Finley-Smith in just one pick. Uh, but I guess they were trying to find a move that would kind of keep KD there. But to think that Denwitty and Dorian Finley-Smith is enough to keep KD's interest of winning a title, I just think that was just foolish. They should have took the better, the better deal just off, off the jump.
0: Yeah. um, And and for Dallas, it it definitely gives them another star player that they were desperately needing. And for a team that went to the Western Conference Finals last year, and some can call it a fluke based on what they had uh, on the team. But I think that if you're Nico Harrison, you definitely want to try and get some more star power next to him. And look, they still have a lot of key pieces that were on that team last year. Uh Reggie Bullock, you have Tim Hardaway Jr Josh Green has turned into a decent player, which I didn't see coming. um you still have dwight Powell uh you have uh maxie cleaver so they they have some guys on the team that are decent and, and can still help i I think that Luca and Kyrie really have their their work cut out for them because especially with some of the other moves made in the West, and we'll get into those here in a sec, but the West isn't so sweet anymore, so even though they went to the Western Conference Finals last year, I'm not sure that the addition of Kyrie is going to be able to get them back, but it certainly doesn't hurt their chances. Obviously, you lose Dorian Vinny Smith, who I love. I've won it on the Wizards for a few years now. It's a it's a good get for Brooklyn. Obviously, I think you can kind of count the Nets out as far as being a contender in the East. Uh, that ship has come and sailed, but um, I do like that deal for Dallas and then that kind of set up the the big trade that happened early this morning around 1am in which the Phoenix Suns acquired Kevin Durant for, I think it was four picks, Cam Johnson and Macau Bridges,
1: right? Yeah, four unprotected picks. (laughs) Which is
0: wild because everyone else today, and we'll get into all the other little deals here in a second, but no other first round picks were really dealt around this deadline except for the one for um, Jakob Hurdle. Everything else was like three second-round picks, four second-round picks, five second-round picks. But not only did the, the Suns get four first-round picks, um, but they're all unprotected. And as we speak, uh, breaking news from Adrian Woznarowski, the Wizards are working on a contract buyout for Will Barton. Um, we can get into that in a, in a second. But um what did you think about the, the move that sent Phoenix or that sent Durant to Phoenix? I mean we knew this was a move that they had been interested in making, but I wonder if they finally thought that this was their one of their last opportunities with um Chris Paul getting older. You don't know what the offseason is gonna be with DeAndre Hayden. So maybe they thought that this was their window to try and get back.
1: Yeah, this is Chris Paul's last hurrah. Like, I mean they Cause I mean, I saw his name kind of thrown in some trade rumors and, you know, we know they didn't really want to pay Aiton, uh, but you get the new ownership group in there and it's kind of like, all right, what are we going to do? And it looks like they're ready to spend and try to go for it. So you get KD, you're like a, you know, when you get KD, it's like you're a book in finals favorite at that point. So, um, they're you know, they're going to try to try to go for it all and, and hopefully they can get it done because... You give up four first round picks unprotected all the way up until I believe it's twenty twenty nine. You better win. You know? And I just I just feel like though, you know, Chris Paul, 37 years old, KD is what, 35? You know, like I just feel like they're like one injury away from, you know, it just falling apart. Um, but we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, because really I think the only player you can say that'll be there probably in three or four years out of their core now is Devin Booker because I think they're going to try and move Aiton at some point, Durant's older, Chris Paul's older. So their their window, if they want to try and win a championship, is now. So I definitely understand the urgency to to try and do that. Um, for the Brooklyn side, I mean, um, you get Mikael Bridges who if if you – I I don't think he's a type of player that is like a franchise player. I think he's obviously going to kind of be the face of the franchise for now. Um, But he's definitely a guy that if you don't feel confident, you're going to be able to build a solid team. And look, Brooklyn has a lot of um, draft assets now. You know, maybe they try and put in a deal in the offseason for Damian Lillard or or Chris Middleton, something like that. Not saying that would make them a whole lot better, but. Um, if they don't feel like they can put together a team that can win and add some star talent, I think that's an easily tradable contract. I mean, I think a lot of teams would be interested in um, that player's service. I mean, when you talk about starting small forwards that are two-way, like true two-way players, um, none are that much better than him. So from Brooklyn's sure. side, it was going to be hard to retrade him because I guess the rule is once you trade for a guy – um you can't retrade him for players in a deal you can only get picks in return so it was going to be hard at the deadline for teams to try and make salary move in order to to reacquire him but there were rumors that other teams were interested i think the grizzlies were interested um i think i saw something about the pelicans but with his salary it's just one of those things where teams were going to have to revisit in the summer
1: yeah, for sure. I think I think I don't think McCall is a star, but I think he's kind of like in that vein of like Otto Porter, maybe a little better. But like he's like a fourth starter, really, really good two way player shooter, um, perfect kind of compliment to play off of a star. Um, and, and I feel like he's on a good contract. So, yeah, he's going to have value as long as he's, you know, for as long as he's on that remaining contract and he stays healthy, he's going to have value. Um, moving on to
0: who I really thought just had a, a great deadline season. Um, the Los Angeles Lakers. I, I thought they were the true winners of the trade deadline. You got off Russell Westbrook, you were able to bring back D'Angelo Russell. Um, who else did they get? Jared Vanderbilt, uh Malik Beasley. Yep. They got Dave Von Reed, a nice shooter. Who else did they get? I know I know they got more players.
1: I mean it was the core. You said Delo, right? Delo Vandy. Yeah. Uh, um uh obviously Rui from the previous deal and then they got uh
0: I feel like uh, I'm Lee. missing one. Maybe I'm not. Anyway, um I I thought they were the true winners of the trade did on. I mean, talk about a team that I thought was dead. Like I didn't think they had any path to being relevant this year. I certainly didn't think they had the flexibility to be relevant in the future. And they didn't even have to give up both of those draft picks um, that they had tradable in order to put together, I think, what is now, it, when healthy, a uh, contending roster. You added shooting. You added defense. I, I mean, most importantly, you got wood, uh, rid of Westbrook, which yes. uh, I I, <laughs> I, which I didn't think you know, was going to be possible. I mean, you know, there's always a way, but um, – I mean, what did you think about the the Lakers having the deadline that they did? It looks like they're uh they're gonna be one of those teams now to be taken serious in the West.
1: Yeah, I mean they essentially got off of their two worst players this season, Pat Bev and Russell Westbrook, and they added two knockdown shooters and uh D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley, and then they added a, a versatile, switchable defender who can really guard one through five in Jared Vanderbilt. Like, they definitely upgraded. No doubt about it. Um, You know, did they get I believe they got back did they get back Mo Bamba too? Yeah, that's who I'm thinking of. That's what we were missing? Yeah. They get yeah. Mo Bamba who's an elite shot blocker. So you have him now instead of Thomas Bryant who we know is just not a real defender. Like, you have no shot with him at the rim. Um, on defense. So, yeah. I, you got two... You have two top ten players, in Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James. If they can stay healthy, it to me, it's the same kind of ingredients that they had when they won their bubble title. Like, two top ten guys, superstars, all NBA-level talent, surrounded by complementary shooters and defenders. That's all you need. Like, I... I I think they got just as good a shot as anybody. Like, they're probably not going to win anything significant this year. But going into next year, I think they could have a lot of, you know, momentum as far as how their team is constructed because they got the pieces now.
0: Yeah, and I think some of these guys, too, that they have, again, they may not amount to, you know, they may not win a championship this year, but – it's not like the guys on the team are um, you know, untradeable contracts. I mean, these are guys that now you can turn around and probably get something back for. You package some of them together, maybe to try and get another star player. I mean, that really is a possibility right now for the Lakers. Um, yeah. Some other stuff around the league, Raptors putting some chips in for a center, Purdo going back to Toronto when he was originally a part of that package um, to get Kawhi to Toronto, so goes full circle, and Jakob Perl now back in a Toronto Raptors uniform. I like his game. I'm not sure, given the price that other players went for, if I would have given up the first for him. But if the Raptors are serious about trying to make something happen this year with the group they have, then I I kind of understand it because that was the the one piece that they were sort of missing was a center. You know, and they've been without a true five for – a while now, and we knew that they were in the mix for Rudy Gobert. We knew that they were interested in uh, Porzingis last year. So, um, yeah. you know, better late than never to try and out of center. I'm just not sure that that's, you know, the the piece that puts them over the top of, from being a, a borderline play-in team to now being, uh, you know, a, a formidable playoff team that can – Went around or two.
1: I don't see that for them. They're probably, to me, one of the more puzzling teams why they didn't really make a trade to, to kind of break up some of that log jam they have at Power Forward. Because I, I think they got three versions of the same player with Siakam, OG, and Scotty Barnes. And, you know, they're all kind of fighting for the ball in the same spots on the floor. And I just thought, you know, you get Jacopo now. He's gonna he. I would presume he's gonna be your starting center. So then, who goes to the bench? Right? Like, are you going? You're gonna put OG on the bench? Who he clearly wants a a new role, doing more to show off more of his game. You're clearly investing in Scotty Barnes, and then Siakam is an All NBA player. So it's like, what, what are you doing? Like, you know, you're not gonna be able to pay Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent, who are free agents. Like, why would you trade them and get something for them? Like, it's just, I don't know. I, Masai usually be on his game. I felt like he he kind of sat on his hands on this one. I, I, I didn't really understand
0: it. Yeah, the thing is, too, I felt like they really could have gotten a decent amount of assets back for some guys. Like Siakam, they definitely could have gotten some assets for. Um, Gary Trent, they could have. Frank Van Bleet they could have. Um, OG Ananobi, we know they could have. So, like, basically, almost their entire starting five outside of Scottie Barnes, you know, that they could have traded and look to get something for, and now they're probably going to be stuck in the same kind of situation that us and the Bulls are in, where it's like, well, we'd prefer to win, even though the, the right decision is probably to blow it up, and we can kind of get into the, the Bulls now and um, talk about the same kind of situation that uh, they're in compared to us in Toronto, where it's like, you know, there were rumors that Zach Levine was maybe going to be dealt um, it probably would have been smart for them to try and find a new home for DeRozan. We know he's still a bucket. So I don't know what their thought process was either. I mean, I mean, we kind of guessed it. We talked about it a little bit before we got on. I, I think the mindset with all three of these teams is now that the East has gotten better with Brooklyn basically being a non-factor at this point, there really aren't too many teams left in the East that are like, oh, shit, you're Definitely better than us in the seven game series. like again, I think those only two teams right now are Boston and uh, Milwaukee for a lot of these teams. So I think that's just kind of how the management for these three teams are looking at it is when healthy, we have decent teams, so maybe instead of blowing it all up, which may or may not work, we know that we think that we can be competitive with a lot of these teams. So you know maybe just trying to to play it out that route, but I don't know what you thought about the, the Bulls being non movers at yeah, I mean, the
1: deadline. I, I feel like they're kind of like a very, very uh, uh, easy parallel for the Wizards. Like, they kind of, like, with them not having Lonzo ball healthy and their point guard situation kind of just being in flux, like, they look kind of lost. Their offense looks bad. They don't really have the three point shooting you need. Um, that's why Lonzo was just so key for them. And you saw it when they were healthy. They were a number one seed in the East for for a good chunk of games, um, yep. you know. So it's kind of like now with him out and then uncertainty with his his injury. It's like now you're looking at Zach Levine a little different. It's like okay, another two hundred million dollar shooting guard who can't stay healthy. You got DeMar DeRozan who's having a you know a good year again, All Star level player. But it's like, how much value does he actually have because of his style of play? right like he's not a three point shooter you kind of have to run this uh isolation game with him out of the mid range how valuable is that to you know contenders um and then you got Vucevic who's kind of like he's good but it's like are you really trying to pay that type of player the type of money is going to require to keep him um and then you know the uncertainty with Pat Williams like what is he is he worth keeping is it worth moving Kobe White not really top 6 pick a uh, performer, um, and then their first-round pick from this year, uh, 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 Terry, he ain't even getting on the floor. So it's just it's just a weird it's just a lot of weird you know vibes over there. I don't know what they're gonna do. Maybe they kind of just like look, we were the number one seed, and you know when we get healthy again, whenever that is, we're gonna be good again. So let's just 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 wait.
0: Well, and I think that's a different. I mean, there are some differences here between the Wizards and the Bulls that I would like to point out. One is the Bulls actually have something to go off of. Like you said, like they were the number one seed until they got banged up. Like that is something where you can justify keeping that core together and then maybe you try and move a piece or two to, to try and get your top eight a little bit better or whatever that may be. The Wizards, on the other hand, have don't really have anything to show for I mean the most that they've done in the Tommy Shepard era has made the eight seed and had a gentleman's sweep loss to the Sixers and I know that we have a little bit more talent now but that the record surely doesn't show for it and the the bigger difference
1: this core hasn't played a lot of games together but that's part of the issue right like I think all three of them have only played together for what like 24 games now
0: but, in but the that's,
1: two years we've been together. So it's like, but that's part of the problem. <laughs> right. The,
0: it's the decision-making. Like, it why why are we investing in these types of players that you know are probably not going to be able to play a whole lot of games together for whatever reason? And, and it's like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't buy the injury excuse because this isn't anything about these guys that is, is new. Like, we've known that about them. So it's like, if you want to trade for you know, Derek Rose back in the day and Greg Odin, you know, you could look at that uh, and say, right. wow, that's a, that's a pretty good duo. Uh, but if you go every off season and you say, well, well, you know, we were injured. Well, Yeah, no shit. I mean, those guys have been injured their their whole careers. You know what I mean? So, um, and I understand the trade for Porzingis is still good. I mean, I, I still maintain that we've gotten incredible value back on that trade. But the the other big difference here between us and the Bulls is those guys are under contract. Our guys are not under contract. As to where now we have to go um, into the summer and say, okay, does Kuzma actually want to stay here? Um, which, de- depending on how the rest of the season goes, he may or may not. Um, does that force a coaching decision? Maybe if things get bad enough. I don't know. Are, are we sure that KP is going to opt in for that money? Are we sure? Um, maybe if he opts out, it's for less annually and and maybe that would kind of be more beneficial to us but it's just nothing is certain right now with those two and I think that's what a lot of fans were looking for um, from the Wizards this deadline was a direction and for some certainty and we really just got neither we just got more of the same
1: I think we got some certainty I think we got it we just don't like it I think the certainty is they believe in this, this top three group Um, and so they're going to stay in pat with that. They're going to try to resign KP and Kuzma to go along with Beal, and, you know, whatever's out there this summer to kind of put around them. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that's the, I mean, that's, that's the action is, you know, the lack of inaction, the inaction is what is the answer. Uh, the, the, so, the, yeah. problem,
0: the problem for me is if you really believe in that team And if the East has gotten so easier And we saw like, I mean, Bones Highland went for two second round picks today Like you're yeah, telling me great. that we couldn't have gotten involved on some of these guys Like Josh Richardson, um, some other vets that were moved around the league I can't think of any off the top of my head I just remember those two because they've been popular names for Wizards fans But like, we couldn't get in on any of these guys and I know that Tommy doesn't like to give up first-round picks. so it seems like the market really wasn't requiring anyone to give up any first-round picks. So I'm just a little confused on why we didn't do anything. And maybe there's a move in the buyout market coming that we don't see happening right now. But it looks like the, the only players that are going to be on the buyout market are point guards. And I'm going to be honest, out of all the options available, I think I'd rather just roll with Monte Morris. Uh, Russell Westbrook, uh, no. John Wall probably wouldn't come back, and I, I, I hate to say it. I think John's career is probably going to be cut a little bit shorter than he'd hoped. Um, Reggie Jackson, who I would not hate, I think that for what we need, he would provide a little bit more than Monte Morris does, but it's still not really like a, a needle mover signing. Like, there's a reason that he's going to be on the buyout market. And then Patrick Beverly, who I actually would probably like the most. Out of the four, just from an attitude and leadership standpoint, like we need some more of that on this team. Like we were talking about on our uh, on the podcast, we were on Wizards the other night. Like, like we need another veteran on this team who is kind of proven a little bit. You know, he's certainly not at the Paul Pierce level, like we were talking about. But I think he is another leadership voice. I just don't think he'd probably want to sign here. Uh, outside of that, I mean, we have Dwayne Dedman. I mean, these are just guys on on the buyout market right now or on the waiver wire that are just not going to help us. So it troubles me as to why we didn't do something today.
1: Yeah, I just, yeah, I felt like, you know, obviously they were probably trying to trade Will Barton, but what, what leverage do you have when the team know you're just about to cut him, right? So you weren't gonna trade him. The only way I think you were gonna move Barton in any kind of way is if you maybe attached a pick or something to it, second pick, second round pick or first round pick with another player going somewhere and then that team would buy him out. You know what I'm saying? But as far as like a one for one deal with him, it just wasn't going to happen cuz team's knew you weren't trying to keep him. So, uh, you know, it's just it's just tough cuz it's like there are obvious needs on this team, but it's like were there any obvious upgrades available that really actually moved the needle like like the Josh Richardson, I had mentioned him before, but it's like, was he worth a player in five seconds? I don't know if I'm paying that for him, especially when no. he's not under contract after this year. Yeah, like I, I don't think I would have did that. So it's like, maybe you know, I, the the Bones Highland one kind of pissed me off because two seconds you could have did that, and you need a you need a young guard on this team. But then it's like, okay, well maybe they really believe in Jordan Goodwin, right? Like we. We think he can play. Like, maybe they think he's a two-way starter somewhere down the line. Okay, well, lock, lock him up. Give him a deal. And play him more than 10 minutes a game. Um, so what troubles least- me,
0: I was going to say, what troubles me even more is that they sent him in conference for only two second-round picks. That, that, that's what makes it more puzzling. And it's too... Yeah another team that is, like, but trying to beat, 10.
1: <laughs> Yeah, you got to yeah. beat. <laughs> I don't get that. You might see Bones that. Highland in round two. Like, and they just were like, here, take him.
0: Maybe, I don't know if it's because of his size or his play style or something like that, but both. if you could try and make sense out of to why maybe his value is so low, what do you think it would be?
1: I mean, I think you touched it. I mean, I think it's both. Like, his size limits how well he's able to defend like a man he's like 165 pounds i mean you yeah. easily move him out the way and then his play style he's like he's a he's a he's a he's a chucker man like he's a you know sometimes he when he hot is like is his own but when he's not on coupled with the bad defense it's like he's unplayable so yeah. you know maybe you like all right well we can kind of we can get him in our system Get them coached up, and you know maybe you got you another Jordan Poole on your hands. Who knows? But, uh, but yeah, they they're trying to you know the the fact that they just gave them away for two seconds in their own conference to a a, a rival that they may have to play that just go to show you that they they were trying to just get them off the team.
0: Any other deal you feel that is worth noting?
1: Uh, I, I said this on my Twitter. I think the 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 six the seventy sixers getting uh, oh yeah, yeah. Jalen McDaniel's. I think that's super sneaky, cause, uh-huh. cause to me he's a he's a two way player. Like you know, Matisse Thibault was kind of just defense and defense only. He couldn't shoot, couldn't really put it on the floor, no threat on offense. But to get Jalen McDaniel's, that's a young, long athletic wing that can do a little bit of everything. Um, and I think he's going to be a factor in their rotation come playoff time.
0: Um, the Knicks definitely got some help, too. And they're, I think, seven right now. But getting Josh Hart is definitely a good move. And then kind of um, trying to replace the defensive presence that Hart left open in Portland, obviously. Uh, I think they were the team that got uh, the right. right? Right. Yeah, so... Um, but, but I do like that move for um, for New York. It definitely, I mean, I based on who they have starting because right now I think their five is Brunson, Grimes, Barrett, Randall, and Mitchell. So I mean, you could start Josh Hart if you wanted to, but I think that gives them a really solid piece for the bench that can play with the starters and. I'm um, trying to think of other teams from the conference. The Pacers got Jordan Wara, I believe, right? I believe that's where he went. Um, George Hill, I think, went back to the Pacers. Right. Yep. Um, Boston did, but no, Boston did something. What did Boston do?
1: They got a big. Uh, they got the the shooter, the the stretch oh, five. Scholar,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Milwaukee got Crowder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami did nothing. Well, they did something, but it was the other day when they traded uh Dwayne. So they freed up a roster spot. So I think that they know they're going to be getting one of these guys here. Uh, on the buyout, on the buyout market. The question is: is is, is it going to be for? a point guard because they have Kyle Lowry. So how do you kind of see that playing out for them?
1: Yeah, they really need a power forward. I'm wondering if – I saw that uh, Kevin Love might be a buyout candidate, and I'm wondering if that's a natural fit for him to go to the Heat. He's just more of a center
0: to me at this point.
1: Yeah, but he's kind of like – you know, his own offense, he's kind of just – Standing out on the perimeter at this point, right? So, like, you can play him next to Bam. Um, and right now, they don't have nothing there at that spot. So, yeah, uh, I could see something like that happening and then maybe some type of reinforcement at point guard, you know, the backup point guard spot. Cause right now, I think they're running like kind of, you know, this Tyler Hero, Ola Depot backup situation at point. Um, and that's probably not ideal.
0: Where do you think Westbrook ends up?
1: Clippers, just because yeah. he has an advocate there with Paul George. Yeah, I think so too. Um,
0: John Wall, where do you think he goes?
1: I think he goes nowhere, but yeah, I think so. If I had to pick a team, I'd probably say the Heat.
0: Yeah, I was going to say if I had to pick one, it would be Miami, but I don't think anyone's going to pick him up. Um, Reggie Jackson. I honestly think that we could low key be in the mix for him if he's told that he's
1: going to start here.
0: But I think he'd rather come off There's the bench to start a job here.
1: Like Monte got that starting five job cuz the, the lineup is good with him and then that, you know that's Wes's guy. So uh but but yeah, I, Reggie, I don't know. I Maybe he could be a heat option too if they don't take Wall. Um and who's the the Lakers backup point guard right now? Oh, um Schreuder, right? Shooter, yeah, yeah, he's solid. Yeah, yeah he's
0: solid. Yeah. Um, can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. So maybe Wall. I mean, Reggie Jackson's going to go somewhere. Um, oh, so he's going to find a team
1: for sure.
0: Patrick Beverly's going to find a team. The the one I'm worried about right now is Wall.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm not sure. Who's he's the backup?
1: Who's the backup point guard for the Hawks?
0: Holiday, right?
1: Aaron Holiday? Yeah. I uh, think I'd rather have Reggie. Yeah. I could see the Hawks being uh Patrick Beverly team, too.
0: Like for yeah, them, I'm I I
1: going back to Minnesota.
0: Oh, I thought I saw the report earlier from Mark Stein saying that Minnesota wasn't interested. Mm, okay. Which I don't know why, because I thought he played pretty good there.
1: Yeah, got them in the playoffs. Okay. What do you
0: think about moving on from uh, Russell to Mike Conley, essentially? I mean, I what was the motivation behind that for Minnesota? Did they get a pick or something? I
1: think they got a second. So. Maybe they did get a first. Did they get a first out of that? Somebody got a first, but I can't. I think it was the Jazz that got the Jazz. first one, out of here, not yeah, Minnesota. The got a first. Yeah. Um, but they did get. I think they got uh, um, Nikhil uh Nikhil Alexander Walker. Yeah, but I think he's sneaky good. But I I like Mike Conley for them because he's just a he's just a quintessential point guard. Like he's just gonna run the offense, find guys, get the ball to guys in their spots.
0: For the um, guys they have, it's a better
1: fit. Yeah, like I feel like it's a you know he's got obviously he's played a lot of years with Rudy Gobert um and i feel like this is kind of setting up for possibly a move where they move on from cat um i don't know cuz they've been looking good without cat man with that extra big out of the paint um and letting ant kind of be ant i don't know this this is getting a little interesting over there in mini um, cuz i i, I can see a scenario where cat is the next star on the move
0: Yeah, um, definitely a realistic possibility. Obviously, at this point, that kind of thing would have to wait until the summer. Uh, um, Wizards news, Quentin Jackson's going to get a two-way deal. And then, like I said, it looks like the Wizards are going to buy out Will Barton, which we kind of saw coming and we've already touched on a little bit. Going for the, the rest of the season, I think the Wizards probably felt comfortable with Denny's progression which he has had some really solid games lately. I, if you're Tommy, though, you, you have to bet on him having those kind of performances like pretty frequently to close the season. And I don't know what the Raptors were looking for for OG, but if it comes out that we could have offered Denny, Will Barton, Johnny Davis, I don't know, and then like our protected first or something like that, then I'm going to be pretty irritated. So I, I – I, and I hope that Denny continues to play well because he also has another year on that rookie contract. So I, I hope he plays well, and I hope that he overperforms his contract. I, I really hope that he does. But it, it's just – I feel like there's a lot of guys on our bench that are inconsistent, and when you mix that in with the coach being bad and the starters not being able to stay healthy, I'm – I'm just not sure what we're going to be able to do for the rest of the season. And it's a shame because, uh, you know, they said that Tommy was GMing for his job. Well, there really wasn't a whole lot of urgency there. And then I, I think that regardless if Tommy is back or not, I think that they're probably going to move on from West. So um, Wizards leadership, it's its not looking too stable right now.
1: Yeah, we'll see, man. I, I just I think, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad gamble to to kind of Bank on it, kind of empowered Denny to to do more. Um, because I mean, he's been balling the last you know 10 or so games. I'm looking here, his last eight games, he's averaging 15 points, eight rebounds, two assists, a steal and a half, and he's on 47 40, 74 splits. So, if you got that for a season, that's a starter, you know.
0: I wonder if they're going to circle back to one of these big men now if they decide that they're going to start Gaffer. Like, I wonder if Dwayne Dedman, who actually has had a decent season, or uh, or Sergi Baca now that both of those guys are going to be bought out and are, are waived. And it looks like the the Wizards did have prior interest in Serge Baca. So I, I wonder if that becomes an option for them.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh... – yeah, Sergi Baku would make sense. You know, that, I think that's an upgrade over uh, Taj Gibson for sure. Uh, but I think he's going to try to find his way to a contender.
0: I just I, I wonder what the Wizards are going to do now with this. Uh, I mean, you, you would assume they're going to just give Jordan Goodwin the standard contract, and if that's... I mean, I don't know. I'm interested in hearing what what Tommy has to say about this group and all that. Just, uh, But it overall it's still pretty disappointing and i get not wanting to overpay considering what the market was like if everyone was only going for second round picks then you know i mean i get wanting to hold on to your first so you don't look like the idiot but my god man like we we should have done something and i just felt like there were a lot of opportunities there and a lot of guys that were moved and it's like we we couldn't have done that um So I don't know. Anything you wanna touch on before we go ahead and cut this one?
1: Nah, that was it, man. That's a very uninteresting nah deadline for the Wizards, but you know.
0: It would have been the perfect deadline day if we had done anything like anything interesting. But yeah. even if it was like John Collins and Bogdanovich for like Kuzma and Will Barton or something like that, like, it, like something, you know, I don't know. I get wanting to hang on to Kuzma, though, because I think Kuzma's probably proved at this point that he's just a way better player than um, John Collins. But anyway, thank you guys for listening to another episode. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Um, leave a comment. My DMs are always open. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.